Hey everybody, welcome back to OurSats. Thank you for joining us once again. This episode is part two of the discussion we began last week in the episode called Three Albums Part One. And that one, we caught up with our lives and talked about the first album, which was the album Seth presented uh, about Adele. Um, so if you didn't listen to that one, go back and catch up on it. If you just do not care about Adele, that is hurtful. But you can keep going on ahead and listen to this one. They're a little bit connected because it was part of the same discussion. I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. If not, feel free to jump in right here. Would you guys like to head? I'll go next. I feel like we should save the big yay <laughs> uh, finale for the end. Okay. So my album that I had the guys listen to was Selena by uh, the group Dynamo. I came across this album via one of my friends from undergrad, uh, Evan, and I believe he knows Shout about this album because. Yeah, shout out to Evan. He has good taste. Um, I believe he found out about this album because he's seen Dynamo live. I could be wrong, but they're based out of Nashville, which is where I'm from. And so um, he has stayed in the area and he sees a lot of shows in Nashville. So I'm pretty sure that that's how he found out about them. Um, and then, yeah, he recommended this album to me and a couple friends and I thought it was great. And it's been like just kind of sitting on my Spotify for a long time. And I was kind of scrolling through when we decided to do this. And I was like, oh, I haven't listened to that in a while. And then I re-listened to it and remembered how much I liked it. I don't have like specific comments on this. So I'll just kind of like throw out my general thoughts on it. And then anything you guys had uh, go for. But so basically this album kind of makes me think about like genres. Like you hear it and like, yeah, you could say like, oh, it's jazz. But I feel like you could be more specific. Um, so it kind of just makes me think about like how it would be best be labeled. And then um, the other thing, as I would listen to this album, one of the things that I love about it is that it feels really organic, which is kind of something we were just talking about with Adele. But at the same time, it doesn't feel like that because there's like a specific quality to like the sound production or the recording. It's like the way the musicians are interacting with each other. Um, but I... For me, it was like I couldn't pinpoint a moment where I was like, oh, that feels like a, a moment where they were playing off each other. It just like at the general impression to me feels that way. And, um, you know, I don't know if it was specifically this album, specifically this group, or if it's more of just this genre in general, which I, just, I feel like the best label for the genre is fusion, even though that might be kind mm -hmm. of a cop out label. But like, that's how they describe it. So it feels fair. And I got this quote, I was reading about them, um, that kind of puts those thoughts I had into words, which is, um, they describe the music as fusing jazz, rock, funk, with elements of soul and R&B, and the culmination is a sound that's both spontaneous and composed. And I was like, that's what I would, like, that's the thought I was having, spontaneous but composed. Um, but I couldn't pinpoint any moments that, like, brought that out for me, it's just a general impression, but... Other than that, I was just reminded how much I liked this album. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I was worried <laughs> when I turned it on. When I started it, I was concerned. 
that I was gonna. You're, you're like anti. You're like anti snarky puppy, right? Snarky puppy's Snark- fine. I guess I really only. What heard, is snarky like, puppy? It's another one of these fusion bands, like an eleven person. Oh, fusion okay. Band. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's you, but there's someone I know who is like not into it. Maybe it's my husband. I can't remember. <laughs> I mean, who needs to remember what your husband likes? <laughs> I mean, we have a lot of opinions. I can't keep track of all of them. I just hope that between Alex recording with me on a different podcast and you recording on the, or Alex recording on a different one and us recording on this one, that I just hear two sides of every fight. Well, I'll be sure to bring stuff up then. Hopefully they're not broadcasting their fights on our podcast, Seth. <laughs> well, now that you mention it. <laughs> no, I hope it's it's the only place that they ever talk about, like, well, I can't <laughs> believe Alex would do that. <laughs> we, we'll find out that we're fighting via the podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I, I just have this I have this impression of like Alex like loosening a necktie and being like, I don't get any respect. <laughs> like a, he's like doing a Dangerfield bit on the Brass podcast. <laughs> That's the mental image uh-huh. I get when you guys are fighting. <laughs> That's funny. All right, where are the weeds again? Yeah. Sorry. Lily, what were you going to say? Yeah. Uh, I was trying to find out what you were saying because you were nervous at first. Yes, I was nervous at first. And I still think I could say after, you know, I listened to all of it and then I went back and tried to just refresh some of the tracks individually. I could still say I don't enjoy the first three tracks in this album. Yeah. Thankful, carried away, and something's got to give. Not great. Your touch is better, but I'm not, it's a little slow, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. down on energy. And that's not necessarily always my favorite. But the second Mm -hmm. half of this album really brought it back around. That's interesting. I really like, uh thankful it's one of my favorites see i but then i I, but after that i do like the the end like the last mm -hmm. three tracks i'm a big fan of i i don't know i think there's some element to it i mean i think it's just the opening just is not really my style Mm -hmm. um it was also hearing like sort of a black gospel sound in like the absence of a of like a churchy environment, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's not a knock against it. I'm just saying that was something I no- I noticed. Um, mm-hmm. Was that like it's very like black gospel kind of churchy sound mm-hmm. to it, but it's not explicitly religious, and that was right. an interesting contrast because that's just not what I'm used yeah. to. I'm used to those things yeah. going very hand in hand. I mean, that's where it comes from. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I guess um, as far as like relating it back to topics which we just talked about and in case this gets split up topics again is just a style that may hold a specific meaning for you so that like what adam's talking about the gospel is goes gospel style goes along with this religious content yes that um to me I hear the gospel sound is more of that uplifting, happy, like good feeling. And I guess in some ways, like it takes me to some of some Marvin Gaye songs that I like where the lyrics or the content of the song may not inherently always be happy. Like I can think of ain't that peculiar, which 
isn't necessarily he's not saying oh all of these peculiar things are good you know it's more like hey somebody might be messing around behind my back but like the sound to me is a very happy sound and i feel happy listening to it mm-hmm. and it the especially like on thankful they do have like that sort of uplifting positivity mm-hmm. um i can't think connotation is i mean it's more explicit especially in thankful but there is a connotation of like positivity um and uplifting but even i think even in like most of the music that sounds that way there is still some sort of in, at the very surface level nominal connection to religion um because a lot of yeah. black gospel music is very much positive and uplifting in that way and it depending on how i have no idea what i'm trying to say i don't know how to say what i'm trying to say Okay, I'll, on some, I'll jump on in for some a second. Level, on some level, it can be related back to religion. Like whether you sing about positivity for like 80% of the song and you only bring it back to religion for like a little bit right at the end, like that's that's kind of like where it stems from. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm trying yeah. not to get like too religious on our podcast. That's not what I'm trying to do. <laughs> um, I mean, you did go to a Christian college. I did. Um, yeah. You see, you're just forcing your beliefs on us. <laughs> I'm just saying that even in, in the most nominal way, there seems to be that, that sort of religious connection. Um, mm-hmm. And there isn't it, even in the surface level, and there isn't in this. And so it was just an interesting experience for me, like Seth said, topically, to have those two things sort of disconnected. I think the, it's not that I disliked it. It's not, that's not what I disliked about it. Um, but I will say that the songs where there was more emphasis on solo vocal performance rather than like a choir's vocal performance is where the album really started to get going for me. Right, which is definitely, they they sort of feature that in the middle and then they use more of it towards the end. Yeah. So um, one thing that I noticed that I kind of liked, which um, un- unfortunately it was one of the episodes that we lost but um we listened to a dave matthews album that i suggested we all listen to and one of the things that i like about some dave matthews songs is when they do the big full big band and there's lots of like big band hits Mm -hmm. and so like i like thankful because it starts off that way of like yeah big band sound you've got full hits across the ensemble and that I don't know it's just a very fun and exciting sound for me mm-hmm. but i will say something that i started to get interested by is that the when they're in the gospel style because for them like um in adele she's doing a jazzy thing and dynamo's doing a jazzy thing and i would even go as far to say that there's at least you know, some jazzy things and Kanye's thing, although I would say it's less of a specific overall style. And there's there's more going on with there. It's more abstract. Mm-hmm. But um, their Dynamo's jazz incorporates the like gospel side of things along with a little bit of that free jazz that gets into the jazz fusion stuff, whereas Adele's was... I would say more of the like classical jazz, if that makes sense. Like it, it was not over the top. It was very easy to 
listen to jazz. It really didn't test you as far as dissonances or any other things go. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't really a whole lot of improv or anything. It was more, um, I guess, harmonically and maybe melodically what she was doing. Whereas this is, you go into the gospel style and then there's like a shift into we're doing more of the talking back and forth between instruments and what Livy was alluding to as far as that's where it sounds organic. So mm-hmm. that there's that like organic, more free jazz style that they get into. And it was interesting to me because the gospel sound has more of the um, pentatonic melodies that I really like and mm-hmm. I really gravitate to because, I don't know, there's... There's like a wholesomeness to it, and there's a the the melody is easy to latch onto because it just has those five notes. Um, and so, in case somehow you don't know the pentatonic scale, it's just a five note collection. Generally, it's scale degrees one, two, three, five, and six. But theoretically, you could use any five scale degrees and call it a pentatonic scale pentatonic just means there's Heresy. five notes on the scale <laughs> I, well i mean it's correct I, to say though that the major pentatonic is one two three five six isn't it yeah yeah um but adam in case you're interested i did i did um like a compositional etude practice and mm-hmm. i put it up on um my website where i just I think I did five because it was pentatonic sketches, but I did five different ones where it's all some, they're not necessarily inherently pentatonic. If you were just like, he uses more than five notes, but it's taking collections of things. And so I may be playing around with more of a pitch class set of like, here was a collection of five notes and doing something with that. But Like to me, I was thinking about it more of an how am I manipulating this set of five, and I don't know. It was it was an interesting thing to go through. I was kidding when I said heresy, but if you're going to make it serious, then I I was I was self promoting. (laughs) (laughs) I would agree that if you're using just any random five notes, you can definitely call it a pentatonic set. I actually do that on my thesis. Stravinsky has a pentatonic set that he uses. Uh, in one of the pieces I analyzed. Uh, but that doesn't make it a pentatonic scale. We can't just be making up stuff here. This is music theory. I mean... It's all objective and set in stone. The rules are the rules. <laughs> I was having the argument through text with um, one of my best friends from undergrad because he was texting me from a river as he was canoeing down it. And he said, y'all-er. Like, why yeah. apostrophe a L L apostrophe um R E mm-hmm. and he meant y'all y'all like y'all have. Yeah. And it it bothered me that he was trying to do that. I was like, that's not a that's not a word. That's not a thing. And then you're Sarah offended by the up, double contraction or that he Oh yeah. Full I double contraction. I totally contra- do that. I totally Text stuff onto the end of y'all. <laughs> yeah, I'm all for double yeah. contractions. You see, that's how me, I talk. I say y'all have done that. Language I is absolutely say that. It's a social construct. <laughs> Break down the walls. I I type like I like I talk, at least in text. Well, yeah, but I 
until that moment in time. I had never seen that. And so oh, I was You've just been spared for me confused. then. Because <laughs> I absolutely could have texted <laughs> that to you before. You just got lucky. Or maybe I did. Because <laughs> you might have thought less of me. <laughs> no, I would not have thought less of it. No, I was just... I was more having fun with him. I was just like... <laughs> because uh, we were exchanging books. And so like he sent me a... Sa- a sand county almanac Mm -hmm. and i sent him go set a watchman Mm -hmm. Uh, and so i was like look if you're gonna type thing just make up words we're gonna have to read (laughs) shakespeare next so like that was my high class joke that he then didn't want to laugh at and wanted to argue that (laughs) y'all love is a real thing and that i was the one being ignorant which i I eventually accepted and i was willing to admit that i was ignorant um but anyways, back to um, Dynamo. I I enjoyed how they they transitioned from the Wait, like pause. pentatonic gospel. So yeah, um, I it took me a second to find it, but I found this funny thing about contractions. <laughs> Sorry, it just wasn't fast enough. Contractions function almost identically to a full two word phrase, but are only appropriate in some places in a sentence. It's one of the weird quirks of this langu- language weave. Oh. Because that would that. be a contraction for we have. It's weave. <laughs> yeah, you can only use contractions with the um, subject, right? I guess or that's like, true. I hadn't thought about what the specific rule was, but. Because that would be. It's not. You weren't. Weave wasn't the object, but it was like referring to the object. Like I said, break down the walls. I hated that. I think language I think... <laughs> is pre- language is descriptive, not prescriptive. Come on, we we know that as theorists. You see, I think what we're really, really learning here is that we will never truly be able to relate m- music to a language because of contractions. Maybe isn't contractions just it aren't. Aren't musical aren't contractions, a contraction. Aren't musical contractions just schemata? No, it'd be like taking one schemata and ta- pairing it with another. And I, just, oh, oh, I like, got one better for you. I got one better for you. Is it musical contraction just figured bass? No. What? <laughs> <Kinda>. <laughs> you're not contracting anything. Yeah, you're jamming I, I feel it all like together. It, an elision would be a better musical contraction. Or, like, I feel like you could compare a contraction to, like, a Shankarian term where, like, they skip two or something. But, like, we're supposed Ooh, to infer now, that it's now there. Now, that analogy I could get behind. All right. Let's keep it. Let's move on. Adam's just upset because he feels <laughs> like we're not favoring his isn't contractions figured base. I did see something the other day that made me laugh. Um, it was from, I think it was one of my former theory students, or it was at least from someone that took theory at USM while we were teaching there. And it was like, I'm tired of all this music theory. I want the music facts. And I was like, you know, <laughs> I kind of agree. I think that went. I think that went mildly viral on Twitter. They probably stole it. <laughs> probably. Well, no. It was like a. They. It was like a post that they shared oh, like or something. Shot, so yeah. But um, I was like, you know, I don't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Can that just be like our Sats's new tagline? 
Don't give me the theories. Give me the music facts. That can be yeah. That can be our <laughs> outro. Like we're saying. Except off. that we don't give any facts. <laughs> Well, I yeah, feel like we are point. broad opinions. That is, yeah, that's our, I like that. That's our sign off. We're going to do that. We should probably find out who said it originally and give them credit at least the first time we bring it I up. I think it's which so would be now. now that we could just take it without getting credit anyway. Okay, Google it and you'll find the person who posted it. Uh, Googling uh, seems like such a hassle. So much work. Uh, okay. <laughs> Typing well, maybe, words into a machine. Maybe we could Google it and put it in the description for people. But. but on a serious note, how did people live where they had to go to a library and flip through like pages upon pages to find an answer to a question they had? Uh, I have read that like cartoonists used to have like tons and tons of encyclopedias, like different versions of encyclopedias around. So that they could research anything they were trying to like draw or put into their comic strip. Feel like I would give up on things a lot more. Just be like, I guess I'm not gonna know the answer. Although maybe maybe it does open the door for more philosophical things, though. You know, everything is just meta all of a sudden. Like, it's true. The only thing you can argue about now are things that cannot be proven. Yeah, but back in the day when you had to like go to a library to prove things, you could argue about anything. Right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um anyways back to dynamo though um i really enjoyed the album i thought it was a fun contrast of gospel sounds to jazz sounds but the jazz side of things while there there was more dissonance it was never like dissonant to the point that it was challenging to listen to like you could Mm -hmm. Again, similar to the Adele album, you could easily put this on while you were doing something and have a great time listening to it. Yeah, I think fusion is a really broad term, but generally speaking, the music that I listen to that I would categorize as fusion is generally like that. It's like approachable jazz because it's blending like pop, R&B stuff that isn't quite as like technical as jazz. And that's all kind of like opinion or perspective but to me it's more approachable which is one of the reasons i like fusion so much the fusion that i listen to at least again broad term yeah oh and um the other thing i do agree with livy though that uh both the adele album 19 that we listened to and dynamo's selena or right selena Mm mm-hmm Okay, for some reason I, I felt like I said it wrong. But anyways. Earlier you were calling it Cecilia. <laughs> You've mixed yourself oh. up. Yeah. I, I'm Adam went and found our... I found the tweet. Our new tagline. I'm still not going to credit it, but I found it. <laughs> it's at hey. Ian Zandy. <laughs> we just wanted to say it every episode. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Plus, I just search that tweet on twitter i have no evidence that this is actually the first time it's ever happened that was the one i saw on facebook at least so a friend of mine sent it to me like two days ago or yesterday and i forgot to respond to her oops (laughs) is your friend ian zandy no i don't think ian zandy sent the rough draft to adam is it zan andy he asked me to double check it for him. I didn't respond. He tweeted it anyway. It went viral. Now we can't use it in our podcast. 
<laughs> Wait, were you not going to laugh at my Zan indie joke? Nope. That was a callback to the beginning of this recording, where I couldn't <laughs> say Hayden Christensen correctly. Mm, I see. Yeah. But you okay. see, our cult following of 20 listeners, they would have gotten it, Adam. This is a really, really meta episode. This might be the least discussion about the topic we've ever done and the most discussion we've ever done about like the podcast itself as a concept. I mean, I'm enjoying it. So, you know, the only real thing is what do our listeners think? And they'll, you know, sound off in the comments below. Two hours of audio is the sacrifice the podcast demanded. <laughs> no. Um, I've been watching Lost, so I've been thinking a lot about the sacrifice mm-hmm. the island demanded. <laughs> We should have a lost cast. Because I just wanted to start talking about it, but... I've been trying to convince my sister for years to have a lost podcast with me. <gasps> That'd be awesome. I'd well, first, be well, first I wanted to do it. I don't really want to out myself as a Doctor Who fan. Although I feel like... Why? The, the half-life of like, obnoxious Doctor Who fans is degraded enough that you can say it out loud now. I don't think um, that's My obnoxious. sister had never seen it, so I wanted to watch it with her and do a podcast about it. She would never agree to it. Finally, I asked her about Lost, and she was tempted briefly to do a Lost podcast with me, um, but it never panned out. Oh, that'd be so good, though. I know. I'm sure there's tons, but it'd just be fun to do one of my own. Yeah. In the same way that I'm still open to doing a Twin Peaks podcast with Livy or my sister. Yeah. I'm just saying, especially in COVID, like, it would really yeah. take off. Yes. Because you could it. watch each episode and then record your response to it now that we've watched the return like i'm in because i would be motivated to get through the original run just to talk about the return then this is something that we should seriously consider because i would do it (laughs) oh yeah my sister and i have four episodes left of the return she she also just moved last week and hasn't had internet hooked up to her house yet and so we hit a we hit a stall but we are going to finish it Anyway, back to Dynamo. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, I think but Dynamo, Dynamo was a bunch of fun, and uh, we reached out to them, and hopefully uh, we will be able to do an interview with a band member or two Wait. and talk about their compositional <laughs> process and other things. Wait, You're what? telling me that Adele didn't respond? We hyped I'm this up. There the was suspense. a two or three chance that it was Adele or Kanye West, musical superstars. <laughs> You're telling hey, me that we I got mean, Dynamo? De- <laughs> depending on how you edit this, I mean, anything's possible. That's true. <laughs> to be fair, I think that I would rather talk to a member of Dynamo than Kanye West. <laughs> Agree. 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 I don't. Hey, now, hold on. Well, it I mean, is an election year, so Kanye may be very fun to talk to. No, that is incorrect, Seth. <laughs> I'm, I feel like I've made it sound like it's punishing to talk to either. I would be excited to talk to a member of Dynamo. I hope this happens, because I think that that would be really interesting. I would be incredibly nervous <laughs> to talk to Kanye West. If given the opportunity, I would talk to Kanye West, because I'm an unrepentant clout chaser. However, I don't think I should. No, yeah, like, yeah, I think that's the wrong choice. I don't know. I... I feel like talking to Kanye would be fun because there's nothing that like I can only gain from the experience. 
you know, and asking him questions like, hey, how does it feel to just take a Daft Punk song and redo it? Do you know the story behind that song? No. Uh, one of his producers was like, hey, man, you ever heard about, heard of this band Daft Punk? And Kanye was like, no, nah, I haven't. So he showed him Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger. And Kanye was like, yeah. cool, we doing that? And the guy was like, no, I was just showing it to you. And Kanye's like, oh, man, I can't wait. I'll come up with someone to rap over that. And the guy's like, that's not what I meant at all. <laughs> so that it you know, became one of his biggest hits of his career after that point. So, so you're saying that the the insanity that goes along with the abstract album, yay, that that like mood didn't all of a sudden appear after 2013. It was like always present. I mean, we can save this for when we actually get to the Kanye bit. But yeah, he's kind of always. Been I think we're there. Uh, th- oh, we're, th- we're oh, okay, th- we're there. Adam, this oh, was there. the smoothest. We're in the that segue zone. was so smooth that you didn't even realize that we had made it there. I think it's key that the presenter realizes that we're in his segment, but whatever. <laughs> Adam, it's, it's now time for you. Oh man, okay. Um, yeah, I, I think that definitely over the course of this, hey, career, he's been a wild. Yep. Knock knock. Who's there? Your presentation. My presentation. Who? No, 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 no. That's it. it like it's <laughs> it's time for you to present. All right, I have a really good knock knock joke. You ready? <laughs> yeah. All right, you start. <laughs> no. All right, knock knock. Who's there? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. All right, that's getting cut. That was stupid. All right. Uh... <laughs> oh no. <laughs> But you see, Adam, if you really listen to Ye, you would understand that basically nothing gets cut. Oh, no. Um, that seems like a criticism. <laughs> does seem like a criticism. This is only fair. All of the fans will not realize it is fair. I had a lot of mean things to say about your Dave Matthews band and the you know the legendary Lost episodes. Um, so it's only fair that you have mean things to say about my Kanye album, except that the fans will only hear one side of it and they'll think that you're just being a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but here's here's the thing. You don't understand how appreciative of the abstract art that Kanye graced us with. Now, here's that the thing. I am willing. Yeah. <laughs> I also don't think this album is that good. <laughs> I know, but that's why I'm willing to take the position of, wow, this is great. You know, you really have to be at a certain point in your life to appreciate this abstract <laughs> art, but Adam, I want to hear I want to hear your introduction. What are what are your thoughts? Now that um, I know you don't love it. Yeah, I, I think it's it's also a matter of like time and place. Because uh, I've been discussing with people. I mentioned to some people um, that I was going to be talking about this album. And I talked about how I didn't like it that much. And most people I talked about said that it wasn't his best album. But they disagreed with me that it was one of his worst. Um, oh. And so like maybe, maybe I just... What's the opposite of rose-colored glasses? Poop-colored glasses. Maybe I just have my poop-colored <laughs> glasses on. <laughs> And I just Would can't you say scoopity doop colored glasses? <laughs> I'm gonna cancel the podcast. <laughs> hey, this was your fault. You, the only reason that I know that is because of you. And I showed if it to my entire know, theory class when it came out. That was great. Um, I was gonna say, if it wasn't for you, I would have no knowledge of that. So I also showed it to some of the transfer students because the uh, transfer test at USM was the same weekend that that song came out. So during the break, I showed it to them. I think some of them didn't end up transferring. Have we referenced this on the podcast before? What? Uh, what is that song Poopity even called? Poop. 
what is this song even called? I forget. I don't know. You were very enamored with it. I I think that song's good. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, something. The main point is that Scoopy Poop. Lift yourself. Lift yourself. The 2018, right. 2018 Kanye West single, Lift Yourself, that came out like out of nowhere. He hadn't made any music in a while, and it just came out, and it has this incredible sample. It's not super complicated, but it sounds really good. And then he just starts rapping nonsense over it, like scoopity poop, um, <laughs> which was really entertaining. Apparently, he was on a radio show, and they were making some jokes, and it was like an inside joke of people on this radio show. But he just released it as a, as a single. Anyway, we're here to talk about the, the 2018 album, Yay. Mm-hmm. I became a really big Kanye West fan uh, in 2016, right after Life of Pablo came out. I don't remember exactly why. That was when I turned on to him. That was when I was, it was after I'd gotten into rap. I'd been to rap for about a year, and I was slowly starting to branch my way more into the mainstream. I started off pretty underground, what people would call backpack rap, and then I worked my way into the mainstream through people like Kendrick Lamar and Kanye West. So uh, The Life of Pablo came out. I loved it. I was a huge fan. So for like the next two years, I just listened to tons of, of Kanye. Listened to all his albums. Was reading about him. You know, I just get really obsessively into stuff. And I was really obsessively into Kanye during this period. Then 2018 came around. <laughs> and my friend, Mr. Kanye West, started some saying things that ugh, I'm not all about. And it became really hard. Adam, this to... is this is a music theory podcast. Please don't disclose your political beliefs. We we don't want to <laughs> offend anybody. I feel like some of the things he said are pretty easy to. <laughs> Regardless of who you are, yeah, exactly. they, they could be offensive. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, so no, I, he went off the deep end for a little bit, um, which made me very nervous and skeptical about the next album. Um, it also just became really difficult. I felt like I couldn't tell people that I'd been such a big Kanye West fan. I was embarrassed that people knew that about me, that I'd made it such a big part of like how I introduced myself to people. Basically. Yeah, I don't want to say identity because that sounds too big, but it probably is true. Adam, Adam Moffat, uh, Kanye West fan. Yeah. You could say I stand for Kanye West. That's the lexicon the kids are using. Um, it is it? Yep. Yeah. Which is weird because that came from like a 90s Eminem song. It's how Stan like yeah. just popped off super hard in like the last two years. It's weird. So speaking of uh oh Stan. Yeah. Oh. Like okay. I thought you said the stand. Like the name yeah, yeah, of the song. Yeah. I, I'm hip to it. I but have, like it's got I have like a whole up. new it's got like a whole new life now, like in the meme meme and like fandom online culture, which is just bizarre. It's so old. Yeah. But anyway, so as I was reading Kanye things to try to wrap my head around what I was listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, it said like he was it as n- many like number one al like his album started at number one as many times as like Eminem has or some but there's something where oh. he was like tied with Eminem and I was just like huh it it's very interesting because I mean I liked Eminem when I was younger because it was a cool thing to do. Not necessarily that I think I would go back and listen now and be like, wow, this is the greatest music of the generation. Uh, I think Uh, you're referring to the fact that only Eminem has won best rap album more times than Kanye West. Eminem has six and Kanye has four and Kanye and Eminem are the only artists to have won the award in successive years. Oh, okay. 
But Kanye I mean, West has the you. most wins and nominations for best rap song. Interestingly, I've never listened to Eminem. Any really? Eminem yeah. ever? It was before my time, and then I just never really like made a concerted effort to listen to it. Yeah, it to me it seems weird that Eminem is like the best selling rap artist ever. Is he still? And I mean, I think he is just because he's been around longer and like managed to just longevity. He's been there longer. And then I think there's also like one determining feature that makes a certain proportion of like the United States gravitate to Eminem a little bit more. Wow. He was the best selling music artist of the United States in the two thousands. That's not as surprising. But Eminem was also the best-selling male music artist in the United States in the 2010s. Yeah. So from 2010 to 2019, no male musician sold better than Eminem. That's wild. Pretty crazy. I mean, I I think it goes along with, like, the white and then the male and then the privilege. (laughs) And then you're rapping. That's not our political beliefs. (laughs) <laughs> it's not political. I'm just, it's like the same reason that Elvis was popular. I mean, it's not like to the same level because I mean, it's not the 1950s. But I, don't but, think, I don't think that's as much of an issue in 2010 as it was in like whenever his first album came out. Like what, 1999? No, yeah. before then. But like Slim Shady stuff was 97 and 99. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those, that sort Although, of issue of like being the one successful white person in rap would have been way more of an issue like the 15 years before then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, but anyways, Livy, what would you think about this album? Yee or yay? <laughs> oh, my, my, I was just basically going to say, and then this album came out and I was disappointed. But that's where <laughs> I'm at. Go ahead, Livy. Uh, I didn't really write down, like, general notes, but kind of skim through my track notes and see what I was thinking. I will say... The intro, like the first song, if you could call mm-hmm. it a song, I was into it. I was very I was good. into the shock factor. I also, yeah, like, good. it was, I don't know, I feel like this is going to sound like a more general statement on Kanye than I want it to be. But, like, just the way he put a feeling into words in that song, I was genuinely impressed by like it was very artistic the way he wrote the words. I was just impressed. I think the best Go ahead, sorry. I was just impressed by that first song. I was like, "Oh, I'm into this." Like not necessarily musically, but just the statement, the feel of it. It was so real, so like so him. Uh I think that the first 2 minutes of this album are the best the album ever gets. I won't disagree. <laughs> I certainly, and then I think that that first song is the best song in the it album. It certainly is never quite, it doesn't have that same effect on me for the rest of the album of being so struck I by it. I wish that he had kept the opening sample, like the kind of just like voices, like warbling in and out. I wish he'd kept that through the whole song instead of cutting yeah. off at the end of the monologue. One thing that I thought was really interesting about that song is that it it repeats explicitly like i don't know if he resays the exact same things or if they just take the the soundbite and replay it but i just thought it was really interesting that they repeat the exact same words more than once like because it wasn't really like lyrical like you would normally repeat something as a lyric um and he wasn't really presenting it like in a 
uh, like there's a way of presenting things um, in like a dramatic speech where you would repeat something for effect. It didn't feel like that. It just repeated in a very sort of matter of fact way that I thought was interesting. Well, and I think kind of going back to what we were saying about Adele's album and Dynamo is that while there is a different production quality to this album, there is a realness to how he says things, especially in the first one. And I think that helps to like, you're not sure. Did you just say like four seconds of audio and then you're re sampling that over and over again where you want to or are you is this really like a stream of consciousness i mean yeah i don't know for and sure you're I'm, saying it. i'm pretty sure he delivered it as a monologue i can't know that but yeah i just thought it was like i think it's all very intentional and when you hear him repeat something i just found it really interesting that like he repeated it without changing his presentation i don't know which again mm. speaks to kind of the state of mind that he's in um, which is still kind of striking because like normally when you speak right. you wouldn't say something twice without changing the presentation of it I don't know I think he changes a little bit maybe a little like yeah thing that he says but there's like one there's one element he changes yeah I just I don't know I was really into that and then like the the vocal manipulation like right at the yeah. end where he like drops the voice really low oh, okay very cool um other than I mean that was the most striking thing I heard on that album but then other than that like I, I enjoyed it um, especially the stuff where it kind of was a little bit more soulful because that's kind of what I like in rap and it was cool. Um, I was curious though, when it got to ghost town, that's the name of it, right? That one. Okay. Yep. I was like, why is this the song I had heard before? Cause out of that album, that's the one that I had heard. Like whether it's the radio or that's just like everybody really likes. Why? Why is it that one? I just got to it and I was like, I don't know why this popped off. I I mean I think it's the second best song on the album. Yeah. I didn't dislike it at um, all. I just to me it was it didn't stand out that much. I in terms of like there's nothing really to well, it that made me think like ah oh, I see why this was popular other than my only thought was like the the like chorus or whatever you want to say like mm-hmm. that people were like oh that's relatable <laughs> which is I mean, I think that there's some that there is like a legacy advantage to it in that it's the one that has Kid Cudi on it. Oh, it does? Yeah. Kid Cudi's the guy who, I, he like kind of sings in the beginning. Okay. Because on, I was listening to it on Tidal and it just says that it's Kanye and then like Party Next Door. The, yeah, they're on there. I don't, I don't actually know. It just doesn't is. list Kid Cudi, so I didn't realize. Um... Well, and the, because also in 2018, Kanye comes out with that Cuddy collaboration. Yeah, okay, so this is another thing that I wanted to talk about. I wanted to focus on that, but I also wanted to mention that this was a summer which Kanye said, like, I'm going to do everything. I got it. I got this. Um, And he produced five albums in that summer. Um, working with like a ton of people, so he did. He he recorded and released Yay. He recorded and released Kids See Ghosts, which I think is the, those are the last two to come out. So I'm going out of order, just what I have written down. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he produced Daytona for Pusha T. Mm-hmm. He produced Nasir for Nas, and he produced um, KTSE for Tayana Taylor. Um, and I, I have not listened to any of those. I'm told that the production on those is great, especially Daytona. People loved the Pusha T album. Daytona popped off really hard. 
Then he releases Yay. People are like, what is happening? What's going on? <laughs> and then he releases Kids See Ghosts, and it's incredible. I listened to him back-to-back last night because uh, I didn't know that I was going to talk about Kids See Ghosts. It was just like, man, I'm just going to listen to this now because they, they make like a good companion pieces to each other. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy that one of them is not good at all, and that the other one is incredible. I totally <laughs> understand what happened. Like, it doesn't oh. make any sense. So I'm like with what I was reading about it because, like, the album is legitimately insane, and so yay. like I yeah, yeah and and I I guess it's not yeah it's yay, uh. um the. <laughs> Adam and Post, I really need you to leave the groan in from Livy because I feel like that's I mean, what was satisfying I mean, about I mean, that joke. I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I might get a mixer and get a sound board and then just put that groan in as an option on the soundboard. Um, but so it's one what I was reading about it was that generally some people had some nice things to say about it, but then some people were like, it's a little underproduced compared to other things. Um, Do you know why it was underproduced? Well, weren't they just at like a cabin? Was it in Wyoming or Wisconsin? Yeah, he goes to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. But he did this for My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which is his best album ever by far. Won all the Grammys. Everyone loves it. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. So like, it's it's not unusual for him to go off into the middle of nowhere. And now I think he bought like 600 acres out there and like he's trying to build a commune or something. One of the music videos for Jesus is King, his his album after this, has like a video with all of his family members wearing like cultish clothing out on his like, you know, thousand acres in Wyoming. It's weird, but it's not unusual for him to go off and and do that other places. And he got all those other people to come out and be with him. So like Nas is there, Pusha T's there, Tayana Taylor's there. They work on their albums there. What's unusual, the reason that it's underproduced is because he announced the album. We knew that it was going to be four out of five of that summer of albums. And then two weeks before it was supposed to come out, he scrapped everything. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and like re-recorded everything, right? Yeah, he deleted an entire album. <laughs> and then just recorded it in the last two weeks before it was supposed to come out. He Dang. took the cover art is a picture of Wyoming mountains. With, I was actually going to say, like, why do you think you picked that picture? That's interesting. <laughs> so the, the cover art, for anybody who hasn't seen it, it's just a picture of Wyoming mountains. And then in green, obviously handwritten, scrawled text, it says, I hate being bipolar. It's awesome. That's the cover. It doesn't say Kanye. It doesn't say yay on it anywhere. He took that picture on the way to the album listening party. Like, they're going to the place where the album is being revealed and people are going to listen to it for the first time and he has not finalized the cover art. i mean it's very on brand for this album I, yeah, yeah. I, at I least it's, part it's of my consistent issue with it is like <laughs> everything on here is consistent for you it's just consistently bad <laughs> but okay so so my thing about it is if if you were going in to this album to hear my dark twisted fantasy it's not that, but I will say and the album... let me tell album... you from personal experience, if you're going in trying to listen for even The Life of Pablo, which is the album that I hopped onto, and I still think is very, very good, even though most people don't, because it happened to be the one that released when I hopped on board, you will also be disappointed. But as just a general 
listening to something and trying to appreciate it. It is a worthwhile experience. And the comparison for me was in high school, uh, there was a book I had to read called The Stranger. I forget who the author is. Basically, Albert Kanis? It's a, maybe. I don't. I really don't remember. I remember the general outline of the story, which was this guy like was a little bored with life and everything else. And then he was like, you know, maybe I'll just kill somebody. And like, so he goes and kills somebody on a beach. He gets arrested, goes to jail and basically goes through. It's like this dream of consciousness of him doing all of these things, going to jail and, He's insane to the point that, like, he didn't try to cover up this murder or anything. He thinks that he's going to be fine and get out of this okay. And so it's this, like, it's an examination of the psyche of, like, an insane person. And so not necessarily saying that this is exactly what Kanye is, although I would say if you read his tweets... Like, maybe this is who Kanye is. But if you kind of approach it of the, like, the beautiful, like, what does insanity look like, this album is that. I mean, the way Kanye talks about mental illness on this album is problematic. It's not good. He says that being bipolar is a superpower. And that is not how it works. You know, he I, in in other places he didn't say this on the album specifically. He said after the album came out, people were like, "What do you mean that being bipolar is a superpower?" And he basically said, "We're like, well, I stopped taking my meds and now I feel great." <laughs> that's really not how that works, Kanye. Like, you can't do that. Like, that's, but okay. So as far as that goes, that's like kind of what I'm getting at, though, mm-hmm. is that. Um, for somebody that doesn't have the things that he's clearly going through, it it's hard to really empathize with somebody and understand what it's really like, you know, yeah. because I mean, like like what he wrote on the cover art is almost it's like the joke that people make about being bipolar of, you know, like if you were going to make a joke, that's what you would say. You know, I hate having this. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. But like the album is a more like serious look at it. And like somebody who's feeling all of these things wouldn't, they wouldn't necessarily be able to say the politically correct thing or the right thing. It's just, here's all of the things that I'm feeling. Yeah, that's a pretty fair point. And, and I, I, I will say, like, I came into this with a lot of bias because The Life of Pablo is a huge album. It's uh, Life of Pablo is almost an equally incoherent album where it doesn't fit together very well. It doesn't have a cohesive narrative or a singular thought. Um, but I liked a lot of the songs on it. And so, like, he takes two years off. These are the two years that I get really into him. He announces he's going to, like, release an album a week for five weeks all the production on those is really good. Like I just got, I think I overhyped it mostly. I was really disappointed. It was only seven songs. It's super short. I think it's seven songs and 23 minutes long. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. just over three minutes a song, which even for pop music, not long, very short. Uh, so I was disappointed by the scope of the project. I'm expecting like, oh, he le- he hasn't released anything in two years. He went back to Wyoming. We're going to get another My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I definitely overhyped it. But then secondly, 
this is something I knew going in, but it still was disappointing. Is Kanye is just not that good of a rapper. <laughs> he's an incredible producer, and sometimes he's on it, and sometimes he gets really hot. But in general, I, Kanye is not who I go to when I'm looking for like lyrical prowess or like really impressive flow. So, to, so yeah, I think the combination of like the scope of the project and then being faced with like, oh yeah, this is what Kanye sounds like when he's not even trying. It's like, okay, this sucks. This is very sad. So I I just want to like jump on something, two things that both of y'all said, which is that like I agree with what Seth was saying and then it kind of ties into Adam what you were just saying about he's a great producer but not a great rapper. Mm-hmm. So like while I, if I was going to rank the songs or the tracks on here like I liked the ones that had more of like that soulful sound to it that being said this whole album I'm not gonna go to because it's like a pleasant listen um which I really like Life of Pablo I enjoy listening to it I don't feel the same way about this album um but what I would go to it for is something Seth was saying like the whole thing about like I feel like he had whether you enjoy it or not he had a very clear vision for every track for the album as a whole like he knew what he wanted to make and he made it and it kind of ties in i think to like his good producing like while i don't necessarily enjoy listening to it i felt like i was like oh wow like he it felt artistic that's the word i keep going back to in that like he created something and it's kind of like with painting where it's like, I may not want to hang it on my wall, but like there's a vision and they did it. Mm-hmm. And it's like not something I could have ever conceptualized. And it's just kind of like you sit there looking at it like, wow, like you, you just kind of take it in and you're like, this is something that I could have never experienced if this person didn't make it. That's a very mm-hmm. kind of uh, dramatic take on this album, but it's like it just felt really artistic you know and it started off strong so i think that that first track kind of gave me that feeling of like whoa like this is really real and like i get a really strong emotional like reaction to this um or there's a lot of emotion that i'm feeling from it like being portrayed by him um communicated by him and like i I kind of got that from the album as a whole, and I think it helps that it's really short to communicate that. Again, not necessarily the most pleasant listen. I'm not going to, like, turn it on in the car when I'm kind of just trying to, like, enjoy an album on the road. But, mm-hmm. like Seth was saying, I yeah, I don't know. But well, I feel uh, like there was a really no, strong I'm, statement. I'm with you that, like, the... Um, you know, kind of like we saw in the 21st century of not necessarily serialism, but all the different things from serious music or, or, you know, classical music that we were seeing out of the 21st century, that a lot of it wasn't necessarily pleasant to listen to, but it was very intense and it was a different experience that it takes you through. And so that, like, my brother, one of the annoying things that I had to deal with growing up with Grant was Grant likes the wide range of emotions where I'm very, just give me the happy movie and, like, I'm going to be good. Like, I watch Futurama 
before bed every night like it goes on it puts me in a happy place and like i go to like i'm out in five minutes i'm jealous that you've chosen futurama as like your nighttime bedtime show because i chose like british comedies which only had like 18 episodes and i'm sick of them (laughs) (laughs) but um but like for grant he wants to be sad he wants to be happy he wants there's like a whole spectrum of emotions that Grant wants to feel and appreciate out of art, even though this is in like a cinematic setting, like he appreciates that. And so I think that in the right setting, you know, kind of like Livy's going or saying that 20, only 23 minutes, it's very intense, but like there is a lot to get out of it artistically in those 23 minutes without feeling like if it was 50 minutes, I really, I don't know how you may get through this album. Like it's a little, it's too intense to imagine it going on for 50 minutes. Mm -hmm. But I do think that, you know, like other serious artworks that came out in the 21st century that as, that intense look at the psyche of you know the insane or the crazy or something that there is something beautiful about this so so basically i'm saying he's as good as the german composers of the 21st century (laughs) oh good schoenberg will be thrilled Um, i mean and adam that ties into your whole like he's a crazy person and he says crazy things like doesn't that all start to fall online I'm gonna try to walk this tightrope pretty <laughs> closely, but I don't want you to. <laughs> I don't know if bipolar disorder makes makes you say all the things that he said. Well, I think you can make a loose connection that like or had all the even, meetings he's had. <laughs> you can make a loose connection that like uh, problematic people still put out art that's like striking. In some sense, you know, even if it's problematic, yeah. yes, maybe it's we shouldn't. And, you know, I think that the the challenge of like separating art from the artist is a very personal thing. Like, you kind of have to make your own decisions there. Yeah, um, well, I mean, you could how much the artist has put themselves into the art, and like that's just all a complicated issue. Right. You can even say like I don't approve of it, and I'm not going to support it, but you can still admit like, oh, that that that's striking. Like that's a concept that they. Um, right. Like they they created something there, and then from there you could be like, ah, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna listen to and Wagner honestly, anymore because da da da. But like you have to admit, like, mm-hmm. oh, he he made something, and I think you could say, same thing for this album. That being said, I think this is a very different experience from Wagner. <laughs> I mean, to your point, I, I guess in that sense, like Kids See Ghost, the album that came out like two weeks later, it's actually good. Um, Probably doesn't have anything as interesting to say. Our about... point was that it is good. You just have no, to look I know, at it no. through the right lens. No, I'm getting. Will you let me finish? I'm going to get there. No, <laughs> Kids See Ghost doesn't actually have anything particularly insightful to say about Kanye West as a human being or as an artist. And so in that way, it's just seven songs that sound really good, but definitely, I guess, don't make the same like artistic or human statement that this one does. All right, we get like a look into Kanye's sort of 
thoughts on yay and then on his other albums you get and that like one, not necessarily Cuddy as well so it's not just him yeah. working by himself it's like on his other albums you don't get insight into him as much as like you get to get his like abilities like you benefit from his ear and his visions but like like just i guess a different part of him (laughs) yeah that's fair um i think i'm trying to think like on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy it's very much about like him rising to like the top of his achievement and about the fallout of like the taylor swift at the vmas sort of event where like the fame he is well i was gonna say that's kind of his relationship with everyone else yay is sort of his relationship with himself a little bit but so yeah maybe so maybe so i guess it's i mean not entirely so the way that but... he interacts with people as a result of himself maybe maybe you're right Anyway, no, and then, like, 808s and Heartbreak is about, like, how he deals with, like, the loss of his mother and the loss of a relationship and stuff like that. So, like, he's always been really personal, but I, I guess, yeah, you're right. We've never really dug solely into the psyche as much as we do on, on Ye. Yeah, I don't know. I've not listened to nearly as much of his music as you have, but it's just, like, never has it felt like, oh, like, this is straight from his, like, stream of consciousness sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, you know, he's presenting it in a specific way but it feels very much like this is me unfiltered sort of thing yeah that's possible especially with like just the two weeks to to produce all of it like he might have ended up saying the same things in the original version or maybe a more refined version of this Mm -hmm. but it comes through in a much more unfiltered way on this album yeah that that was the vibe i got but Mm -hmm. you know what my least favorite thing about this album is Mm -hmm. The, my least favorite thing on this album is that the sample on No Mistakes is not in the same key as the chorus of No Mistakes. <laughs> and like, there's just like, see, little, that's just that's this, Charles Ives, that's okay, Bartok. Like, yeah. you're not appreciating. <laughs> you're really leaning into this expressionist take on. Kind of like I told you out. that I was willing to be the opposite opinion and go against you and tell you that I appreciated this album. And you know what? After our conversation, I now have more respect for this album. However, just put the sample in the same key as the rest of the song. <laughs> Okay. That's still like my but, third favorite song on the album because it's like one of the ones where he's not terrible rapping on it. But oh, the sample and the chord, it just kills me. But look, you're you're not appreciate you see Charles Ives, his dad would make him go across the lake and he would play something on one side on the violin and then Ives would have to transcribe it on the other side and the pitch would modulate and change keys. And that's part of how Ives like learned to do the things that he does in patriotic marches and other what things where he writes thing in the in the <laughs> I don't know. It's the story that my AP music theory teacher told me. So if it's incorrect, I'm really okay being told that I'm incorrect. But anyways, it's just, like but Son, anyways, it's walk across well, No, it's it's the it's the Doppler effect. That's, well no, don't you have to be moving? Doppler effect is if two things know. are moving at different speeds. I was I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Acoustics. I was willing to say Doppler effect and just hope that it worked. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, but I remember eighth grade science. Your nemesis. (laughs) (laughs) 
I I don't remember eighth grade science. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that I didn't learn science at Lamplighter Montessori. We definitely did. But I feel like what I remember from science starts in ninth grade with Miss Magruder, who You're just coincidentally you motivated enough at the Montessori school to learn science. Um, I was. I was just a lot works? better at math. Uh, generally, yeah. Yeah, I feel like self motivation is a thing I've heard in the same sentence as Montessori. Uh, yeah. So that that's that is what you learn, and basically, I learned to be self motivated at math because I was good at it and bad at English, which is why I didn't learn words like y'all of. Well, you're not gonna learn those in English. Those are bonus. <laughs> Another thing I don't like uh, about the album is that he had to have a daughter to learn how to respect women, but that's just like a sucky thing about him in general. So is that something he says in the album, or yeah, the last song is all about like his daughters and stuff. I thought that and he that talks about like, how dangerous song... it is for his daughters to live in this world because he's never seen like the struggles of women before. But it's not even really about the struggles of women; it's just like the struggles of women being taken advantage of, like. He's not sexualizing his daughters, but he's putting mm-hmm. everything in like a very sexual light. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, ah, man, you have to have a daughter to realize like, I don't want anybody to take advantage of, of women, especially the women that, you know, belong to me. That sucks. <laughs> so message aside, because I didn't really even tune into the message of that song or the words, but mm-hmm. I, the sound of it, I liked it as an ending song. Yeah, it's a fine track. It was... uh it was just like not the normal energy that you get to end an album. I was like, oh, right. I, but I'm okay with it. But mm-hmm. I didn't listen to the words clearly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, it's just not great. I like Ghost Town more. But again, the first two minutes of the album are the best, and then it just goes down. Yeah, <laughs> I think I agree. Even because when I listened to it last night, I was like, man, this is good. Like, he's really into this, and like the sample's really good, and that first track's great. And then it, yeah. <laughs> It's not a bad album. I've changed my mind. I take it back. But I still don't think it's great. It's still towards the bottom of his list. Yeah, it's not very enjoyable. No, but I don't think anybody was claiming that. <laughs> I was just claiming, as were you, Livy, that it was artistic and we should it appreciate has artistic it merit, in its own way. Even if it's problematic. Yeah, think... It might be problematic. And we don't support it if it is, but... <laughs> and I think that we have found... <clears throat> we kind of... This is, the, this is the second time we've recorded an album, an episode like this. Um, and it's the first time you're going to hear it because the other one disappeared into the ether. But I think it's something that's funny is that both times we've accidentally stumbled across a theme. And I don't remember what the theme was the first time. Anybody? Anybody? I think uh, it was about it was like... treatment of tonality, wasn't it? Or it was like, like topic, different like timbres and topics and stuff like that. Yeah, but this time we, we kind of stumbled upon like a theme of authenticity. Whether that being in the instrumentation or in how one presents themselves in the album. True. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh. Way to go, us. Yeah. Way to go, us. Uh, so thank you guys for listening to this. Um, please go like our Facebook page. We're somewhere on Twitter, so like that as well. Subscribe, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're on Google Play. We're not on Spotify yet, but maybe one day. We're on Podbean. We are on Spotify. What? I'm using Podbean now. I mean, we're hosted through Podbean, but we're everywhere. Really? Wait, Adam, did you not know that we're on Spotify? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're on Spotify. What? 
Yeah. Um, so please like the myself. show. <laughs> uh, leave us a rating. Um, comment. Tell us what you like. Hopefully you like what uh, the discussion of the albums that we did. Um, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on the albums as well. Go listen to the albums. Give us feedback. Did we miss something that was cool about the album? Are we wrong about uh, Yay? Are we right about Dynamo's album? And hopefully with Dynamo, we'll be talking to someone from them in the next week or two. And so tell us what you thought look out for about that Adele's episode. weight loss, because I think that's really the door that we need to open here. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. is it? No, not at all. We should not talk about that <laughs> in the least. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, her weight should not determine any musical factors in anything she did. So I was pretty much unconcerned. Anyways, uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.